Welcome back. This is the Letters and Layers podcast. This is Amaka, your host. I am recording on Monday morning, just before 9 a.m. Central Time. After having had a pretty relaxing weekend. First off, thinking about my listeners now. Hope you guys are doing well. But as always, or as as often as I can remember, sending those who need a little bit more support and strength and light to you all today, this morning. Like I said, recording Monday morning on the 13th of November with the intent to edit and post as expected on the 15th, which is Wednesday. So how am I doing? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. November is a birthday month in my family. Last weekend, and this is part of the reason why I'm happy I got to relax a little bit more this weekend. Last weekend, I went to Texas to spend my mom's birthday with her. She didn't know I was coming. So I have, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I feel like I have, maybe once. I have three siblings. One lives abroad and the rest of us are here in the States. So my sister lives in Texas. She's the youngest of the four of us. And my brother, one of two brothers, the other one, like I said, lives abroad. Um, The other one lives in Jersey. So we went to Texas in late September to help my mom move because she ended her lease, wanted to go somewhere new. So we all came and helped her move. So she wasn't expecting to see us again for a while. And since that late September, the three of us had been planning to go back to Texas, her birthday weekend, because it landed on a Saturday this year, which is not something that you always get, you know? So I saw this a couple months ago and I was like, oh, this would be really, this would be a good opportunity to like celebrate her, especially since it'll be easier for schedules since it's on a weekend. So we had been planning to come back, my sister, my brother and I, um, and we decided that we were gonna not tell her, my brother and I, we were just gonna surprise her. So It was a great surprise. Went off without a hitch. I'm so happy because we, I stayed with my sister. I flew in like a couple nights before her birthday. My mom did not know I was there. Flew in Thursday evening, stayed with my sister Friday. And then we decided that we were gonna obviously go to my mom's place. So my mom thought the whole time that she was just going to spend my bir- her birthday with my sister. And that was the plan. My sister was going to go and be with her on her birthday, spend a couple nights with her. So initially when we got to the apartment, my sister went in and my mom greeted. They greeted each other. That was what was expected. And then... <laughs> And then as the door was closing, I started to open it and she looked and she lost it. She started screaming and jumping up and down. 
<laughs> and she ran and hugged me. Oh my God, it was so warm and so beautiful. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> so things calm down just a little bit and then my brother comes in and she loses it again. <laughs> she loses it again. Um, Yeah, she like ran to the couch and just like, couldn't contain herself and we went to her and we're hugging her and embracing her and she started to cry and she was like oh my god I don't deserve this and I was like girl what you're our mom <laughs> we love you so much of course you deserve this <laughs> oh but she was just so emotional and tearful and grateful and happy that we were all there and we had dinner reservations we wanted to take her out we wanted to treat her for her birthday. But she was like, you know, I actually want to stay home. Your aunt is coming with your cousins. That's her sister and her nieces and nephews. Like they had planned to come and stay with her for her birthday because she didn't really have anything planned, honestly. So they were planning to come and she cooked a bunch of food. And she was like, can we just stay? You know, maybe we can go another time. I was like, yes, of course. It's your birthday. Whatever you want to do. So we actually stayed home. We brought her flowers, beautiful bouquet of yellow roses, bought her a cake, and we just hung out with her. And then my aunt and my cousins eventually came a little later on. It was a great time. We sung happy birthday for her. We took pictures. We caught up. We just, you know, very small, cozy, intimate, loving time with the people that matter the most to her and she was over the moon. I even remember like maybe like a half hour or an hour after we came inside and surprised her, we were all sitting on the couch and she was like, she got quiet for a second and she was like, I still can't believe you guys are here. <laughs> still can't believe you guys are here. And she was telling us how like, cause we got to her place around one thirty, and she was like, you know, it was, I thought it was funny that like, my sister, my sister. Um, I'm, I'm, I was wondering why she didn't come, you know, the night before versus today. And I hadn't heard from anybody yet. And I was like, I know, like I, I was one, I was contemplating if I should um, call her and wish her happy birthday and pretend like it was just a normal day. But I was like, you know what? I, it's not too far in the day. Like we're planning to see her between the one and two o'clock hours. So that's still early enough in the day to where, you know, I could still like call her if I was not in town. So yeah, it went really well. And I tried to get it on video, but she ran and hugged me so, so hard that I don't know if I like hit stop on the video. I didn't get it, but it's okay. Like that, the feeling I will never forget, you know, and just how elated she was how elated she was. Well, I will forever remember it. So yeah, that was my weekend last weekend. I was in Texas. I came back on Monday. The weekend before that, I went to a psych conference in Cincinnati, um, which was really good. It was the first conference that I had been to. I don't know if I already mentioned this on the podcast, but regardless, first conference that I've been to since I started practicing as an NP. And I really appreciated the information that they shared, and I'm really going to make it a point to 
go to at least a conference a year, um, whether it be in person or virtual, because sometimes it's hard to go in person. But yeah, my last two weekends before this past one were pretty busy. So I made it a point to kind of just be home as much as I could be and just relax. So this weekend I was home. I only went out to like work out and I went to the grocery store. But outside of that, I was chilling and I was happy about it. I started Black Cake on Hulu. Um, I had been seeing promo for it and I've seen the book, but wasn't interested enough to like buy it and read it or anything. And I, I feel like I've mentioned this on the podcast before that I'm a fan of Demetria Lucas's, Demetria L. Lucas's podcast, Ratchet and Respectable. And she also said too, like she wasn't really like too enthused about the promo she was seeing, but then it came like it, it came on and people were watching it and they were recommending that she watch it and she did. So now she's recommending it. And I tend to take her like media recommendation seriously whether it's movies or tv so I was like you know what? I've been seeing this already and now she's recommending it so let me give it a try and it's pretty good it's pretty good I have watched the first like two and a half episodes I might need to restart the third one so I'm enjoying it I'll probably um catch up by the end of today and they release new episodes every Wednesday so we'll see how that goes but I'm liking it so far and yeah, besides that, I did not do much else this weekend. And I'm thankful for that. So I guess I will just kind of dive into some things that I have been thinking about and some things that I have done that I'm pretty proud of recently. And then we'll talk about Dopamine Nation by Anna Lemke, which is the book that's is going to be the focus of today's episode towards the end. So I want to share that I have been on a fitness journey, which I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. And honestly, the reason why I have not stopped with this journey or kind of like, you know, slowed down out of boredom is because of this Peloton app. And Peloton, I'm putting it out there in the universe. I hope one day soon, maybe, (laughs) y'all will sponsor this podcast because the reason why I have continued to work out despite me having a love-hate relationship, it's becoming a more of a love relationship now because I'm really appreciating what working out affords me. But the reason why it has transitioned from a love-hate relationship to more of a love-neutral, maybe, relationship is because of this Peloton app. I have come to really appreciate and admire the workouts, particularly under the walking section, because it's not just walking, it's power walks. And power walks might sound simple and easy, but... Um, they could really get you sweating. Like some of those power walks get my heart rate into the 170s, which is wild to believe. I remember the one time I did a power walk and my heart rate was creeping up to almost 180 and I was flabbergasted. I was like, I cannot believe I'm getting such a workout by just power walking. So I've incorporated that into my workouts. I love the power walks. I love the walk and runs. 
because I do imagine myself one day, who knows, maybe running a half marathon or a marathon. <laughs> and I like to fantasize and envision myself walking the running the Boston or New York City marathon when I'm on the treadmill doing my rock, walk and runs. Those keep me going. The hikes, the hikes keep me going too. Those definitely get my heart rate up into the triple digits in the 160s, 170s. So these are these workouts are the reason why I'm still working out and I'm starting to get into the strength training workouts. I'm starting to do like I'm starting to dip my toe into the running, like running, like the categorically running workouts on the app. And when I say that, like I'm doing the beginner runs, I'm doing the like 20 minute advanced beginner runs. I did my first advanced beginner run this weekend with Jess Sims, who is one of my favorite um, instructors on the app. Um, if I were to pick my favorite instructors, I really like Jess Sims. I really like um, Kirsten Ferguson. I really like Jermaine Johnson. I believe that's his name. Those are the three I can name off the top of my head. I love uh, also to Robin, Robin Arzon. I hope I'm saying her name right. So when they have new workouts, I tend to bookmark them, but I'm really trying to like expand and explore um, newer instructors too. But yeah, I say all this to say I've really been keeping up with my fitness because of this app and I think it's worth the money and um I hit so they have monthly challenges if you work out in general a certain amount of times in a month you can hit bronze you can hit silver you can hit gold if you do strength training you can hit you know those levels so October was the first time that I hit the gold level for just general activity. And I was so excited. I remember the night I hit it was a Thursday after my work day was done. And I went to the gym and I sat in the car because I was like, oh, I'm about to get it. I'm about to get it. And then um, I went in and I did, I think, what was it? I think maybe it was like a 15 minute beginner run or something, or maybe a walk-in run. And then when I was done... I saw it and I was just I was just so pleased and so happy with myself because that was the first time I've been on the Peloton app for a while, like off and on. I had it for free with my old job and then that subscription is expired. So I resubscribed on my own. And um, this past summer into the fall, I've just been really using it to keep me going and it has been amazing. So Thank you, Peloton, for keeping me going. And like I said, if you want to sponsor me, email me. Let's talk because <laughs> I'm very open. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I'm, re I'm very proud of meeting that not only the bronze and the silver, but hitting the gold. Because to hit the gold, you have to work out at least 20 times in the month. And I did it. And I'm on track to do it again this month, too. I've already hit bronze. I hit bronze yesterday. And there's still, like maybe like two plus weeks left in the month, two and a half, almost three. So I'm pretty sure I'll hit gold again. And I'm excited for that too. And yeah, just looking forward to continuously progressing in this part of my life, you know, just seeing what I'm capable of when it comes to fitness and physical activity. So yeah, I wanted to share that. I also wanted to talk about, I've talked about voice notes on the podcast before, but I really just want to encourage folks to 
use their voice notes app. And I'm sorry if you guys are hearing noise. They are doing like some electrical work outside of my window. I actually think the person who is high up in that lift thing can see me. <laughs> I don't know if there's a glare or maybe he can see me. So I'm just kind of pretending he's not there. But anyway, <laughs> if you hear that noise, I apologize. So yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to voice notes real quick because I use them pretty regularly. I've been using them to kind of keep me on track with the challenge that I'm doing, the 14 day like eating challenge. So I think I mentioned this on a past episode too. I'm doing a two week challenge just as um, a means of kind of like resetting in a way and as we approach the holiday season with like all the food and everything I kind of want to just get my mind right and feel like build my confidence when it comes to making the right choices with food and so right now I'm on day six and I've lost a couple pounds in addition to what I've already lost with just working out Um, so it's been going down just a little bit faster and I've been pretty um, restrictive and I don't want to like promote diet culture or anything like that by no means but I know what works for me when I really want to like see a change so and honestly like these are the type of things that I would love to cut out of my diet anyway but I love them too much so I just take breaks from them (laughs) So um, I don't tend to drink alcohol anyway, but, um, you know, I'm not drinking that during these 14 days. I'm not eating any dairy during these 14 days. I'm not having any meat. I don't usually do meat on a regular basis anyway, but I let myself have meat mostly on the weekends if, you know, there's something in particular that I want to eat. So no alcohol, no dairy, no meat. No processed carbohydrates, no simple sugars, so no candy, no cakes, no cookies, nothing like that. So what do I eat, you might ask? A lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. I've been on an apple chips kick. (laughs) Maybe I'll share a recipe in the description box. I love apple chips, like, and they are the healthiest... I don't know if there's a healthier sweet snack than apple chips. And all I do is I slice them really thin, almost like potato chips. And I sprinkle cinnamon on them on a parchment paper, put it in the oven. Um, What I do is while I'm prepping the chips for the pan, I will set my oven to 350. And then once I'm ready to put it in the oven, I reset the oven to 250 according to the last recipe that I used. So, and then I keep it in there for two and a half hours and you just keep it in there. Like you don't necessarily have to like flip them or anything and they come out so crispy. And if you're a fan of texture and foods, they have like a a good texture and they really can um, satisfy your sweet tooth. So when I'm feeling like I want something sweet, I usually make apple chips and I tend to have to make them ahead of time because they take a while to, to, you know, um, dry out and everything. So, yeah, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, um, a lot of fish, uh, heavy on the shrimp and salmon. 
black beans, avocado. What else? I have a couple of protein shakes that I really like. So I drink those. A lot of water. Although I could be doing better with water, I must admit. But um, yeah, and I'm feeling good. I tend to feel better when I do things like this. Um, I tend to feel lighter. I usually don't get headaches when I'm doing pretty good with like my food choices. So yeah, I just wanted to do this challenge. The last one I did was last January, December into January. And I wanted to do it again going into the holiday season just to, you know, kind of reset my frame of mind and know that just because we're coming into a time of year where there is like an abundance of food, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to lose control. Like I, I can still be very much in control of the choices I make when it comes to um, healthy eating and ending the holiday season, feeling good and not feeling like, you know, I let myself go or anything like that. So that's kind of the inspiration or thoughts behind that. My intention for doing that. But yeah, I been using voice notes to get me through my challenge and I have been using sorry <laughs> sorry for the <laughs> the digression but I've been using voice notes to get me through the challenge I've been using voice notes through this fitness journey and I don't know if I will ever share this voice note that I recorded um late August but I titled it in the voice notes app I'm tired of my own shit (laughs) and I listened back to it last week or a couple of weeks ago I remember recording this voice note as I was sitting in the car about to go on a walk and I was like I'm tired of my own shit and I think right after I wrote this, I recorded this voice note a couple days later or whatever, I recorded a podcast where I was talking about how the things that are most inconvenient in your life are the things that you have to do to get to the other side of where you want to be. So right before I recorded that episode, I did this voice note about how I'm sick of my own shit because I tend to, at that time, I've gotten better since then, I tend to really just rest in convenience and not wanting to make myself uncomfortable or agitate myself, you know, or, you know, move myself out of my comfort zone with certain things. So I remember recording that voice note and listing things in that voice note that I need to have been doing that I haven't gotten done yet. And I listened back to that voice note a couple of weeks ago and... I was just proud of myself because I have gotten some things done that I (laughs) mentioned on that voice note that I hadn't done at that point. Um, And I was feeling, you know, angry with myself and a little bit disappointed. And sometimes you have to feel these feelings towards yourself to get your ass moving, honestly. I feel like I teeter between giving myself grace and holding myself accountable and sometimes you have to really give yourself some tough love and give yourself a stern talking to and that was that voice note for me and um, I listened back to it and 
like I said, there are things that I listed in that voice note that I have done, that I have completed. And I'm just so, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the progress that I've made. Like I listed that I needed to, I've been had to go to the DMV to transfer my <laughs> my residency to Illinois and I hadn't done it at that point. Thank God I did it. Um, I was talking about how, you know, I wanted to dabble into video with podcasting and I hadn't started it yet and a couple of other things. And I have made progress on both of those fronts. I, I did, I went to the DMV and it wasn't even that bad. Um, and I am starting video. I'm starting to film myself. I'm starting to cut clips. Haven't posted anything yet, but that time is coming very soon. Um, so I'm just happy. And I, I guess I'm saying this because I want to remind folks, I'm big on journaling, but I know that there's sometimes you cannot put pen to paper but more often than not, we have our phone with us. And more often than not, it's a smartphone. It's a phone that has a voice notes app. And it's a really good way to get your thoughts out of your head and really start to make sense of whatever you're thinking about. It is cathartic. It is a pressure releaser. It is something that makes me feel better after I do it. And it's something that you can record and delete. If it's something that you intend never to listen to again, maybe you just needed to scream <laughs> and you do it in your voice app and you delete it. Who knows? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you um, record and keep it and listen back a week, a month, a year later, and you see how far you've come from that place. So I just wanted to make that sentiment known because I really appreciate what it affords me and I want to share it with everyone. I will, I will, I will scream it from the rooftops, you know. Record yourself, record your thoughts. It will help kind of make sense of life, especially when it doesn't make much sense. So that's it for that. Let us dive into Dopamine Nation by Anna Lemke. I first heard of Anna on the podcast Hidden Brain with Shankar. I don't want to butcher his name, but Google Hidden Brain and um, I don't remember the episode, but if you Google like hidden brain on a Lemke, I'm sure that particular episode will come up. So just wanted to give some thoughts and some quotes from the book. I appreciate this book for the insight it gave me on just how we tend to spend our time more and more nowadays. And when I say that, I'm referring to how our phones just draw us in and take up so much more of our time on a day-to-day -day basis. And there is a sign to do it that way. I talked more in depth about this on the episode using social media intentionally. And just on a broader scale, 
TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of those apps are designed to keep our attention. Um, you know, the phrase attention economy is a thing for a reason. The phrase limbic capitalism is a phrase for a reason. Like there's there is an industry that's built on activating our amygdala and the parts of our brain that elicit emotion and um, elicit strong emotion. Um, They're designed to keep us coming back. And I specify social media. I highlight social media because it's most applicable to my life. But these type of things are extended to things we've heard of before, like gambling and sex and drinking and, you know, things that can be considered vices. And we tend to reach for when we are having a hard time and just need an escape and not want to feel bad or not want to feel anything at all. For Anna in the book, her escape were romance novels, which was a new, um, that was new for me to hear because I've always associated reading of any type mostly um, to be good. But she mentioned how she wasn't really satisfied with the things around her and she would escape in romance novels and they gave her something to live in, you know, that was not her real life. And she actually had to do kind of like go through a withdrawal process of sorts with the romance novels. So I just think how there are things in our lives that provide us with the pleasure that may not be something we consider wrong or bad, but that's why it is so important to remember it really varies from person to person because everyone has different limits and capabilities. Some of it is predisposed, like myself. I don't really drink alcohol. I tend to drink, if at all, when I'm out socially with people, even then sometimes I just won't. So I would bet that I won't ever get addicted to alcohol and I could drink it and be fine. But there are folks who cannot take one sip and they know that and they live with that truth. Um, There are folks that don't care about social media. They don't see the appeal. They might have an Instagram that they check once every couple of months, um, but they live their lives outside of social media and they'll never get addicted to it, quote unquote. They'll never have to set limits with themselves and everything like that. But I know, you know, as being part of that generation that remembers life without internet and remembers life with it, and kind of have grown in my most formative years with social media, it is to the point with me where I do have to set limits. I can be on TikTok for hours. I know that to be true of myself. And, you know, it can definitely be considered 
something that's for me could get out of control if I don't set parameters. So addiction, quote unquote, I don't even really like to use that word, but overconsumption, I will say. Overconsumption varies from person to person. You can't employ a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to managing the overconsumption of whatever behaviors you find you struggle with the most. So I appreciate one that she used herself as an example in the book and used examples of clients that she has seen in the past with their consent. Um, and the book gets a little bit sciencey, which I don't mind because I have a science background. I really appreciate how she kind of went into the nitty gritty. It might not appeal to some, but if it does, I definitely recommend it. Um, but I just wanted to highlight some things that made me really think for myself about my relationship to overconsumption in whatever form that presents itself in my life and how I want to spend my time. You know, when you zoom out and you think of your life, whether you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s or whenever, and you think back to the life you've lived so far, how do you want to feel when it comes to how you've spent your time? So I'm just going to, I want to read a quote that really resonated with me in this respect. It's on page 104. It starts from the second paragraph, the quote in the second paragraph. I suddenly realized I'd been using heroin for a year and I thought to myself, if I don't stop now, I may be doing this for the rest of my life. Reflecting on the trajectory of his whole life rather than just the present moment allowed this young man to take a more accurate inventory of his day-to-day -day behaviors. The same was true of Delilah, who was willing to abstain from cannabis for four weeks only after reimagining, only after imagining herself still smoking 10 years hence. In today's dopamine-rich ecosystem, we've all become primed for immediate gratification. We want to buy something and the next day it shows up on our doorstep. We want to know something and the next second the answer appears on our screen. Are we losing the knack for puzzling things out or being frustrated while we search for the answer or having to wait for the things that we want? And in the margins I wrote, dopamine addiction shortens our ability to think ahead slash long term. How do you want to remember how you spent your time? And I actually answered this question in a notebook. I was like, how do I want to spend my time? Like, if I were to put a list down for my life, how would I want to remember that my time was spent? And now I'm looking for that list. Do, 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 do. Okay, here it is. How do I want to remember how I spent the time in my life? And with that, I responded, reading slash gaining knowledge, learning slash mastering new skills, spending time with friends and loved ones, meeting new and interesting people, traveling and broadening my worldview, and taking care of my body. So... 
I feel like that is a good guide to help with reminding oneself, myself in this example, you know, on any occasion with whatever I'm doing, is my activity in this present moment contributing to how I ultimately want to spend my life? Is it helping to take care of my body? Am I meeting new people? Um, Am I reading and gaining new knowledge? And I think I definitely recommend anyone who's listening to, you know, use this as an opportunity, try and have this be like a self-reflective activity. If you were the, if you were to answer the question, how do I want to remember how I spent the time in my life? What answers would come to you? What would your be your deepest desires with the responses to that question? Because I feel like it could help you form a life mission statement of sorts. Um, or like I said, just a guide, something you can always go back to, whether it's weekly or monthly, or it doesn't even have to be on a particular time frame, just something that is always in the back of your mind with whatever you're doing and spending your time. Is it in alignment with how you want to live your life deep down? And that helps me with kind of categorizing certain things like my time on social media, making that more constructive or productive. If it's entertaining, knowing my limits, you know, to the point where I'm not like losing time because social media, you know, can be a black hole. I'm speaking particularly for myself in TikTok. I can be on there for hours. I've said that before and I've had to put guardrails. <laughs> um, but yeah, that this book really kind of inspired me in a way to write this question down and write these responses down. And every so often I go back and I remind myself, like, this is how I want to spend my life. And the things that will contribute to this type of life I want to live or the things that I need to, you know, prioritize because I'm only going to feel better about myself. I'm only going to feel better about my surroundings and my environment and the people around me and my ambitions and just everything, just everything that I want my life to be for myself. So that was a big one for me in the book. Let me highlight just a couple more quotes. Oh, yeah. I think about this sometimes and I think about based on what I see with like the children coming up in this day and age and how we pretty much have endless entertainment on our phones that the concept of boredom is becoming more and more obscure and I remember I remember periods of boredom when I was a child and I feel like the opportunity to be bored presents itself less and less nowadays but I think boredom is a very critical piece of growing up because there's so much that comes from that Um, there's so much creativity there's so much inspiration that can come from a place of boredom there's so much risk and opportunities that you may have not previously considered taking if you weren't bored and I think about, you know, little things I did when I was a preteen or younger. Like there's this 
There's this binder that I created when I was in my preteens. I printed out some like fashion linear stencils, very basic. And I used color pencils and uh, mostly, mostly color pencils to draw dresses on those stencils. And I still have it like probably 20 years later. I drew maybe like 20 or 25 different types of designs. And while I was doing that, I was envisioning becoming like a high-end famous fashion designer. I don't think that's ever really going to happen. But, you know, that was just something. And now that's a keepsake for me. And that came out of boredom because I didn't know what else to do with my time. I think about how boredom brought about time with my brothers and my sister and we would play games. Um, I think about how boredom forced me outside. And I can't speak for kids, you know, nowadays, I don't know how often they get outside, but I feel like I don't see them outside as much as we were outside when we were kids. Boredom forced me outside. Boredom forced me to ride my bike around the neighborhood. Boredom forced my brothers to go down the block and play basketball with their friends. Boredom forced us to think outside the box and consider things that we may not have considered before. Boredom forced new connections in our brain because we were thinking of what to do and it forced, you know, situations of trial and error and, you know, cause and effect. And it really made us think about things. And I don't know if the generations behind us, the generations coming up, are having as much of an opportunity to see what boredom can afford them. And I want to read this quote from the book kind of speaking to this. I'm going to start from page 40. I was going to start from page 41, but I think I need to go back a little bit. My patient Sophie, a Stanford undergraduate from South Korea, came in seeking help for depression and anxiety. Among the many things we talked about, she told me she spends most of her waking hours plugged into some kind of device. Instagramming, YouTubing, listening to podcasts and playlists. And in the margins, I wrote TikTok. In session with her, I suggested she try walking to class without listening to anything and just letting her own thoughts bubble to the surface. She looked at me both incredulous and afraid. Why would I do that? She said, open-mouthed. Well, I ventured, it's a way of becoming familiar with yourself, of letting your experience unfold without trying to control it or run away from it. All that distracting yourself with devices may be contributing to your depression and anxiety. It's pretty exhausting avoiding yourself all the time. I wonder if experiencing yourself in a different way might give you access to new thoughts and feelings and help you feel more connected to yourself, to others, and to the world. She thought about that for a moment, but it sounds so boring, she said. Yes, that's true, I said. Boredom is not just boring. It can also be terrifying. It forces us to come face to face with bigger questions of meaning and purpose. But boredom is also an opportunity for discovery and invention. It creates the space necessary for new thoughts to form, without which we're endlessly reacting to stimuli around us, rather than allowing ourselves to be within our lived experience. The next week, Sophie experimented with walking to class without being plugged in. It was hard at first, she said, 
But then I got used to it and even kind of liked it. I started noticing the trees. So I just wanted to share that quote because I think it speaks to what we are not allowing ourselves to have more and more. We're not allowing ourselves to be bored. We're not allowing our minds to wander and think about things. We are always, I say that loosely, (laughs) we are very, 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 very often glued to our phones and glued to the content that we are scrolling through. And it is mentally exhausting. I know I have had times where I've been scrolling and I just feel, my energy feels low after a while. And I'm just like, I need to stop. I need to stop. And I think this speaks to the pain-pleasure balance that she also discusses in the book, where we're seeking pleasure. And it's like kind of like a seesaw. She uses a seesaw analogy in the book. We're seeking so much pleasure so often that the seesaw is leaned on the pleasure piece so, so much that as the brain, as the body is trying to recalibrate and get back to a point of homeostasis, it will lean so much more to the pain side that you just don't feel good. You don't feel good after you've engaged in that activity. And a way to combat that or get to a place where we are not feeling that effect is to abstain for a period of time and let our brain and let our body get to the place of homeostasis to where simpler pleasures feel good again. She also talks to about destructive shame versus pro-social shame. And destructive shame is... If I would kind of like to distill it down to a quick phrase, it would be like how people call people out, especially like on social media and with cancel culture to a degree. If someone says something or does something that a general um, consensus of people doesn't like, they're called out. They are um, made fun of. They are shamed in a way, in a negative way within this context. So they're called out. They're spoken at versus spoken to. Um, They're talked at. They are referenced in a way that doesn't address them as a human being. That's destructive shame. That's how I would categorize that with the book. Um, Pro-social shame is what I would kind of liken to calling someone in. You see someone who made a mistake and... Within that mistake, you still see their humanity. You still see that they deserve respect. And you provide a space for them to learn and deepen their awareness around the topic or subject or cause or whatever. And within that process of growth and learning and recovery, they're still treated with the respect of a human being. She talks about how destructive shame keeps people in the cycle of overconsumption and 
provides them with no way of breaking it. They just kind of keep going and going deeper and deeper with no way out, it feels like. But pro-social shame gives folks an opportunity to break the cycle because they are not made to feel like they are less than. They're given the space to learn and grow with support from the people around them. And it increases the likelihood that they will stay on that new path and not make the same mistake in that way again. That was helpful for me to read and to kind of bring to the forefront of my consciousness as someone who will see things on the internet or wherever and may rush to judgment or have a first thought that is less supportive than I would like. But first remind myself that I really don't know these people that I'm reading about on the internet. There's so much that is probably happening that I have no idea about. And there's a lot that they may be going through that they're not sharing and just give folks the benefit of the doubt. If it's something that is happening in my real life, provide a space to call them in and be a support as they move past whatever mistake that they have made. Um, Because we are all capable of making the same mistake or a similar one under particular circumstances. So overall, I appreciate this book and what it gave me in terms of insight. Like I said, it gets a little bit sciencey in some parts. If you are a fan of that, I think you'll enjoy it. It might be a good listen if you tend to be an audiobook consumer. But yeah, at the end of the day, I would recommend the book. And I'm thankful for what I learned. Speaking of audiobooks... If you are a Spotify premium subscriber, you can now listen to 15 hours of audiobook content a month. I heard that they were doing this a couple months ago. Sorry about the dog that you may or may not be hearing in the background. Oh man, recording life. Anyway. <laughs> I heard that they were doing this a couple months ago. I was excited, but then I found out also, too, that it, they were doing it, like, abroad at first. And I was like, oh, anyway. And then I learned last week that they are rolling it out here. So, yes, if you are a Spotify premium subscriber, you can listen to audiobooks. You don't have to do anything different. I didn't have to do anything different. Literally just opened my app, went to audiobooks. Instead of, like, having that lock icon, which means I couldn't access it, I was free to start listening to anything I wanted. So I'm actually listening to I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy right now. Woo-wee. That book, I'm not planning to do an episode on it. Maybe I'll do like a five, 10 minute reaction podcast extra situation because that girl, (laughs) I'm like halfway through. I'm, I'm more than halfway through now. There are 91 chapters, although they're they're like very short. Some of those some of those audio chapters are like literally two minutes. Um, so I'm I, I'm just about like chapter 49 or 50, and right around the point where she has wrapped iCarly and is doing her spinoff show, and is just going through so much with her family and her mom, 
Her mom, I would say, is like the central character of this book. I mean, clearly with the title. So yeah, I might do like a quick bonus episode, five minute reaction situation. I don't know. But I want to listen to the whole thing first before deciding. But yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. And I'm enjoying it. So honestly, I think I'm going to end the podcast here. I have hit over an hour of recording. So we're going to chop this up and get it out to you guys within the next couple of days. As always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all so much. You might be seeing some video content within the next few weeks on some social media platforms. Um, Pray for me, (laughs) y'all. Because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing with this video, but I'm just pushing through and I'm learning as I go and we'll see what comes of it. So when I start posting, I will... I'll, I'll speak about it. I'll, I'll give more information on the next like couple of episodes on where you can find some clips of mine. And yeah, please share. Please recommend as always. If you have any questions or any thoughts or anything going on in your life that you would want me to contribute my two cents on that you don't mind listeners hearing, please email me contact at theLettersandLayers.com. And yeah, that's it. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much as always. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.